Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. And here we go. And that's the sound of rock cracking, and we we got some rock cracking. Why? Because uh, we got a new presidential candidate in the 2020 race over on the Democratic side. How about that? I think there was one came in on the Republican side, but that's like a pebble against a, a granite rock. So I don't. We're not going to talk much about that. Not going to talk anything about it. And there's no race there on the Republican side. It's Trump or nothing. It looks like. So listen, what what's going on with the uh, Democrats, well, uh, 20. They needed 20, I guess, because it's 2020 election. And it's probably going to end up being 22 or 23. But right now, there's 20 candidates lining up. And remember, four years ago, there were uh, 16, 17, and then some said 18, you, two or three outliers out there. And uh, Donald Trump ran against them all and, and uh, put them all uh, out to the woodshed as he uh, became the nominee. So what happens in the Democratic uh, Party? Well, there's a lot of uh, a lot of wishing, a lot of hoping, a lot of uh, uh, there's not a lot of fighting going on right now. They're just trying to find finances, and Bernie Sanders has got that. He's really working hard on putting that together. But uh, there was a splash. There was a splash last week with former Vice President Joe Biden. Everybody had been waiting for him, waiting. Was he going to do it? Is he too old? He's 76. Uh, keep aging, of course, as uh, the campaign rolls on. And uh, he looks a little tired in the eyes. But Joe Biden jumped in. And, uh, this, uh, well, it's like a little fire on the mountain, I think. And there's fire on the mountain, in the But I said, there's gold in them there hills waiting for me there. And, and, and Joe Biden has not, he has not lacked a desire to run for the White House. He's had two runs before, I think, 84, 88. I, I, 2008, he was in there, a whole uh, mess of Democratic candidates uh, before uh, talking about presidential aspirations before uh, Obama and Hillary slugged it out and Obama became the nominee, and then of course history is made. He, he, everybody thought this young whippersnapper Obama might be, uh, might be too young for the White House, so they thought they would uh, pull in Joe Biden to help show uh, an old, uh, an old senator to, to help this young whippersnapper out named Barack Obama, and and he did. And now, now at seventy six years of age, Joe Biden thinks he has enough energy and enough uh, mind power. Uh, the to uh, become president of the United States, we will see. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I will tell you that uh, Joe Biden 
has wanted to be president before and he evidently took a lot of time looking at this will he be able to raise the money well i don't think he'd be running if he couldn't raise the money but he jumps in being number one in the polls now with so many people running it is hard to get name recognition and of course he won't have spent he won't will not have to spend money to get name recognition but uh what does the left wing media think about it what what do what we call the lamestream, some people used to call it a mainstream media, but NBC, let's, let's just listen to what they had to say about Joe Biden jumping in the race last week. If we give Donald Trump eight years in the White House, he will forever and fundamentally alter the character of this nation, who we are. And I cannot stand by and watch that happen. That's why today I'm announcing my candidacy for president of the United States. In a dramatic campaign video using images from the Charlottesville white supremacist march, the former vice president saying President Trump shocked the conscience of the nation by saying there were some very fine people on both sides. And in that moment, I knew the threat to this nation was unlike any I had ever seen in my lifetime. We are in the battle for the soul of this nation. I believe history will look back on four years of this president and all he embraces as an aberrant moment in time. Biden starts out at the head of the pack, getting a big boost from name recognition after decades in the Senate and two terms as vice president, as well as sympathy for the loss of his son, Beau. Biden does have a strong base in the labor movement. Now he's planning to highlight that support with a union rally in Pittsburgh Monday. But the political challenges are daunting. First, campaign money. Biden does not have the online base of small donors that have fueled Bernie Sanders' campaign and helped propel Beto O'Rourke, Pete Buttigieg, and Kamala Harris to become rising stars. A New York Times analysis showed Biden would have to raise $100,000 a day from now until Christmas just to match what Sanders has already banked by the start of this month. Second, the age factor. Although a year younger than Sanders, at 76, Biden has little experience campaigning in the digital age. And after years on the public stage, along with his many accomplishments, positions Biden's held that are now controversial. Voting for the Iraq War, authoring the 1994 crime bill, now resented among some minority communities. And his treatment of Anita Hill when he led the Senate Judiciary Committee hearings on Clarence Thomas. To this day, I regret I couldn't come up with a way to get her the kind of hearing she deserved. More recently, criticism that Biden has given unwanted contact to women, although not sexually. Biden responded to the allegations, saying he never touched anyone in ways he believed were inappropriate, but says he will be much more mindful of personal space. And I get it. I get it. We'll find out whether I can win in the primary. I'm an Obama-Biden Democrat, man. I'm proud of it. Well, he said there's an Obama-Biden Democrat. He said he's proud of it. And can he convince Democrats it's okay to be an Obama-Biden Democrat? Have they moved on further left than when Obama was president and Joe Biden is vice president? That may have. Uh, again, NBC introducing Joe Biden. They had this to say. Uh, I played that clip. Here's a little longer clip. But this is what... They said that Joe Biden would build his campaign around. Let's take a listen to this. We've heard some of this before, so take a listen to how NBC News talked about Joe Biden. 
History, his record could be a strength and also a liability. Well, you mentioned his name recognition. Obviously, that's a big strength in the beginning. But the question is whether he fits with where the Democratic Party is right now. We see in some of the candidates more progressive, more to the left, certainly younger, more diverse. So how is he planning to deal with that? This is an historically diverse Democratic field, Savannah. There's no doubt about that. And right now, the former vice president is signaling that he wants to run on the third term of Obama. Now, that could be effective in a general election. He wants to cast himself as the counterpoint to President Trump. And he stands to potentially peel off some of those working class voters who helped sweep Donald Trump into the White House. But the question is, how will those primary voters respond we will find out soon enough he will become the 17th major Democratic candidate to announce. Savannah and Craig. All right. So we see it's interesting to see how the left-wing media is going to play out with all these different candidates. Who are they going to get behind? Bernie Sanders, who's the Democrat socialist, he is a socialist. I think he said he joined the Democratic Party so he'd be, could become the nominee, but he's a socialist. And and we know that we've talked about that before and now you got former vice president biden putting his name in and for the party of minorities the party of trying to put together a coordination of minorities of uh black hispanic women uh, uh the gay uh agendas all these put together and what do you have well you got the top three right now in the polling is uh, two old white men and a uh, homosexual mayor of a, a Midwest town there in Indiana. A mayor, but he's number three in the polling. He's beating out Beto O'Rourke, who spent way over $100 million trying to get name recognition in the Senate. Uh, Senate race with Ted Cruz we've talked about. And he seemed to be the poster boy of the second coming of JFK or uh, Obama Jr., some people called uh uh, Mr. O'Rourke, but now you have a mayor of a small city. I won't say small, but it's not a major city in the country compared to New York, Chicago, Los Angeles. Sometimes people think they could be presidential candidates just coming from a mayor's job. Rudy Giuliani didn't get very far in the Republican primary, but here we are. we have uh, Pete Buttigieg that uh, has has just rocketed right in number three. And he's the first uh, presidential candidate to announce and then kiss his same-sex uh, uh, husband. Uh, that are, you know, anyway, whatever uh, his his husband or wife or what what do you call uh, same-sex uh, married marriage? And so that's he's rocketed in number three. So in this uh, party, seeking the black vote, the Hispanic vote. The uh, American Indian vote, see, seeking all these different votes, and they get two white men who are over 75 years old running for the nomination. And then, so wh where does everybody else line up? Well, Kamala Harris from California, uh, African-American who, who uh, comes from Jamaican descent, and you got Cory Booker. Uh, now, he used to be mayor of New York, New York, New Jersey, but he also became senator of the entire state of New Jersey, so he's got more than just mayor experience. But where does that where, where does that leave the Democrats? Are they going to go for Bernie Sanders? Are they going to go for uh, 
former vice president Joe Biden because he was the vice, vice president under Barack Obama, which they remember fondly as, hey, Democrats getting everything they want. So we we have an interesting race in seeing where the money goes, see where the Democrats put their money. And, and they all seem to be anti-Trump. I mean, it's Trump hate spewing over. It's the cup runneth over, not in joy, but in hate of Donald Trump all up and down the line. And we said, you know, that's how uh, Joe Biden has based his, he's based his whole campaign on uh, Donald Trump not being what uh, he sees in America. And he's scared if Trump gets eight years, then they'll fundamentally change America. Well, thank goodness, because Joe Biden and Barack Obama are fundamentally trying to change America into something that it never had been before. And we're still trying to get over that headache. So uh, Donald Trump and all the rock-splitting politics we talk about here has actually brought some sanity back into uh, the way government will function. Now, liberals and progressives here may say Donald Trump's bringing sanity back. Well, he's bringing back the ideas of common sense that can run a government and get rid of the swamp, draining the swamp. And it's made Republicans mad. It's made Democrats mad. But the American people are hearing and and seeing what they voted for. And that's that's where Trump is going to get hard to beat when it comes to keeping the economy going and growing and people's paychecks. What happens when the economy works with unemployment very low? Well, that means more people have jobs. What happens when you have more people with jobs that got more spending money, which it cycles around and helps the economy keep growing. Yes, there are business cycles, and there are Democrats begging for a recession, begging for the business cycle to sink here in this last year of Donald Trump in election year. Can it do it? Yes, it could. But that's why Donald Trump is still trying to pull out regulations. He's trying to, uh, everybody go, well, the tax cuts are over. They're not over. It happens another year and another year, and businesses are still getting the tax cuts to invest. And that's why the tax cuts are not over. If you look back, and we've mentioned this on our show before, Ronald Reagan. It looked awful for Ronald Reagan his first two years in office. And it took about two years for his tax cuts to really get the economy going. I believe Donald Trump, even if nothing else happens, the economy can get uh, step up another notch even on what we have when you look at the ronald reagan history nobody wants to look at that especially the mainstream mainstream media they don't want to see that it took a little bit for uh, ronald reagan's tax cuts to really start working and and, then it hit just right with his re-election and donald trump it couldn't work that fast immediately and it's going to take some time for them to soak in and really get the economy up and going. So there, there's a lot of things to look at. And the China deal with the U.S. that Donald Trump's trying to hammer out, it's imperative. We said on this show before, it's, it's uh, slowed the economy down, the worldwide economy. And in a way, that's why Donald Trump, I believe, is so uh, disheartening. It hurt him, hurt America, hurt our economy when the Fed raised rates back in December. And and people talked about Trump going ballistic and trying to affect the interest rates. Well, he should have because he was keeping the economy on 
cooling it down to keep it from overheating by just doing this China trade deal. The Fed did not, they should realize that and should see that. Donald Trump was slowing the economy uh, enough where uh, between that and uh, if you remember, there was a government shutdown. He didn't have to have the Fed raising rates to slow the economy down because he was working that direction for the long-term efforts of our economy with China, with the rest of the world, by working on this Chinese-American uh, trade deal. So those are thoughts from Doc Holliday and uh, as far as the economy. Now let me remind you, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. And we do have a book out there called Bedrock Truths. We need this more than ever in our country today. You can order that book. You can go to uh, www.docholiday, holiday of two L's, docholiday.org. Order that book. Let me tell you, uh, we are uh, happy to have people in, telling me that back in the Tea Party days, talking about it. been a 10-year anniversary here coming up in the next uh, month, we'll do a show celebrating the 10-year anniversary of the Tea Party movement. And you can look at some of the books that are on that web page that uh, talk about the early Tea Party days. So order those books while they're still around. When they're gone, they're gone. Uh, won't be a reprint on those. So we have a few left. And if you haven't got one, you want to know what the Tea Party years were like, uh, order that. Uh, the one I would say is Walk With Me. You can look at that book titled walk with me on a website and uh we got a few copies left of that and when they're gone they're gone but it talks about the early days of the tea party where is it taking us now and what you say well the tea party's gone well the framework is there people were pulled into politics people were pulled into what's going on people were pulled into voting and it has affected our country the direction of our country and as much as the mainstream media and the progressive hated the Tea Party movement. Remember the IRS? How they utilized the IRS to try to squash the Tea Party. And it did. It really did. And we'll talk about it on a show coming up uh, sometime here in the next month. And we'll explain what really happened. But I do want you to go back to the website there. And you can check it. You can go on the front page of uh, Rock Splitting Politics and see the cover of uh, Bedrock Truths. Click on that. It'll take you right to the web. Uh, site and we'd love to get that book out to you love to get that one and anything else you see there you'd like to order because some of them will be going off the page here in a few weeks and we'll we'll uh, realign things but uh, get any of those tea party books while they're still available the rock splitting politics book is one of those so just go to www.doc.holiday.org and uh, order your book we'll be glad to get that out for you now <laughs> We're going to talk more about the uh, Democratic race for president, for the, the Democratic nomination, if, uh, Joe Biden jumping in. Who will garner the African-American vote, which is very important in a Democratic primary. And usually the Democratic primary has a, the African-American vote will get behind one of the candidates pretty soon. We saw that in Hillary Clinton. That's basically how she overpowered uh, Bernie Sanders, other than the help she got from Donna Brazil and the, and the questions before the debate. <laughs> you know, the the hierarchy of the Democratic Party had it in for Bernie Sanders. Now he doesn't talk about that much, but he the the Bernie Sanders supporters should be griping. They they don't like to 
show shine a bad light on Hillary Clinton, but I mean she cheated. I mean she absolutely cheated four years ago when during the uh, uh, race for the Democratic primary, and and we know that you know, and uh, of course the mainstream media is not going to uh, talk about that. Now that's not something I think she ought to go to jail for. That that's another story. She ought to go to jail for uh, breaking the law when it comes to her emails and destroying emails after they were subpoenaed. And I mean, who else in the world could get away with that? And why did she get away with it? Will one day uh, will she uh, end up paying for it? Well, I'll talk. We've had a gentleman on the show, and I didn't ask if I could share this, so I won't. But he's been a past guest. And Hillary Clinton, back in the 90s, this was a well-respected gentleman known all over Washington in the halls of Congress and really respected. And then after this uh, Monica Lewinsky affair brought out, and they had to get the story off the affair. And what she and Hillary went on, she said, this is the results of a vast right-wing conspiracy. And they had to punish somebody. And they found uh, this gentleman, and again, I won't go say his name now, but he was put in the crosshairs of Janet Reno's FBI, and and just just uh, it was basically Hillary Clinton saying ruin his life, two years of all kind of um, grand jury testimony, and 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 he was found innocent. <laughs> I mean, had not done anything. And yet, it ruined his reputation. It ruined everything he'd worked his whole life for. And he just told me last week, he said, if Hillary Clinton would go to jail, he said, I would love to see her in handcuffs. And if I had to be in handcuffs with her to watch her go into jail, he said, I would would put those handcuffs on because I would, you know, he knows she's guilty of so many things crimes that he's willing he said he'd go to jail too just to make sure she got in jail because she deserves justice so much for so many things she's done over her entire life but that uh so as i talk about that will 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 hillary clinton ever have to pay for uh justice for what she did to our country when it comes to uh national security and and uh and how many countries are watching her server and emails so when we get back to this 2020 election how will the clintons play out in this right now you think the clintons are power brokers of course they they want to be they want to be power brokers what happens if attorney general Barr actually does go back and look at those emails and how the fbi uh allowed hillary clinton to get off scot-free what if he says let's go back and look at this and actually applies the law to hillary clinton's actions what would happen well how would they be even if that is brought up they're being looked at what there's so many people who are sick of the clintons in the democratic party uh all of a sudden they they could be out of the being power brokers and I bet the Obamas wouldn't love nothing more than the Clintons to sort of, you know, vacate the stage, to get off the stage. Um, but those are, those are Doc Holliday's thoughts of what's going on in the overall picture of the Democratic Party. There is this push to go further to the left, 
further and further to the left. And Bernie Sanders loves it. Kamal Harris loves it. Cory Booker loves that. Why do they get so fascinated with the socialism that is destroying Venezuela? And so many people can attest to that who, who have come to this country, who have lived in these socialist systems, and I hope they'll start speaking up. And they have. Just a couple of weeks, weeks ago when uh, uh, Bernie Sanders was doing a town hall of Fox News, there was someone that said, how how do you uh, uh, account for liking the Soviet Union? She was from there. And, and, and he said he didn't like the Soviet Union. Rather, he liked the socialism of Denmark and Sweden. And yet, you know, they're not all socialists and everything's not going hunky-dory there either. But I do hope we'll bring out more and more these people who love socialism. It's great to say everything will be free, but anybody with half a brain knows it can't be free. It takes an economy that is working and working and people looking for better ways to make things work better and the better mousetraps. That does not happen in socialism when the government controls what people get and take away what people get and then people get stingy and they don't want to they don't want to use their brains to make things better and better. And, and that's why there's long lines in social, socialist countries. Uh, they depend on the government instead of the people. So that, that in a nutshell, that's one of the things that, uh, we're going to see come out in this democratic race for the nomination. Will, will the new hard lefters that, will they, uh, get the nomination? Would it be a Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, or Cory Booker? Where is it going to go? Nobody knows. People are thinking, well, Joe Biden's going to come in, and will he really ignite the Democratic uh, population? I saw one report, and I'll agree with this. I forgot who said it, but Doc Holliday uh, will say it. And I think Bernie Sanders could have wrapped things up if Hillary hadn't cheated, but more than that, if Joe Biden had gotten in the race as the vice president, Obama, um, coming off eight years of Obama, Joe Biden probably could have beat Donald Trump four years ago. Reason I'm saying that, because Donald Trump was just saying things he wanted to do. He had no background to prove he could do it. Uh, there were so many conservatives who did not vote for Donald Trump because they didn't believe him. They thought, well, he's just a liberal, and he's going to come in and be very liberal. And he has not. He's he stayed conservative in so many areas, and and so there's going to be more votes coming from that conservative part. But a lot of the people who they say put Trump into the office, a lot of disaffected uh, white Democrats throughout the Midwest and other places that helped win Michigan and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, and surprised everybody. These are the voters that. Could a, a, a Joe Biden can appeal, appeal to, and that's where his hope is. So we're going to wait and see, uh, because Joe Biden four years ago very likely would have beat Donald Trump, but now Donald Trump has a record to go on, and we'll see if uh, if uh, Joe Biden can uh, get through the primary. He's he's got the name recognition, and he'll get the money, but can he do that? Would the Democrats want him to be their standard bearer in 2020? We're going to have a lot to talk about on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, and it won't all be about Donald Trump because we're going to see what's going on over on the Democratic side also because it's very important. 
We are fighting for the soul of the nation. I agree with Joe Biden, and I don't like the way he, in the direction he, wants to take a nation. That's why the Tea Party rose up. That's why conservatives got together for a while and shot each other up in the foot, politically speaking. And then Donald Trump became the standard bearer of leading the Republican Party. And he's taken America in the direction of making America great again. And I, I know no other thing to epitomize what was happening than we talked about a few weeks ago at the White House in the prison reform, a one-year anniversary of that. And they had a young African-American, and they asked him what he thought about uh, what was going on in the prison reform, the First Step Act, and he just said, I'm going to keep this short and simple. He said, two months ago, I was in the penitentiary. Now I'm in the White House. He just said, keep making America great again. <laughs> That's a great way to end the show, and we'll see you next week for another round of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. See you then. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen, or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.